You ready? Yes, ma'am. You sure? Yes. It's gonna be creepy. Okay. Dude, this is gonna be fucked. 21. Let's get fucked! What? Let's get fucked. Sarah, you're not even a part That's of this. right. Along with the creepy shadowy hat man, one of my nightmare fuel, nightmare fuel, okay, I've had a couple of drinks. <laughs> one of my nightmare fuels has and always will be asylums and haunted hospitals. The movie House on Haunted Hill, have you ever seen that? Yes. With Tay Diggs? so good. Right? Yeah. Oh, fuck, dude, that movie gets me all the fucking time. Okay, so that movie starts off with a riot that happens in a lunatic asylum. Like, where the doctor that ran it was tormenting the patients with operations that were supposed to cure them. Fast forward, the asylum becomes haunted because the riot caused a fire and everyone died inside and the ghosts are pissed. Dude, that was a scary fucking movie. That movie gave me fucking- Wait, I'm talking about the series on Netflix. It was a series. House on Hill? No, 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 no. Hill House is what you're fucking Hill talking House. about. Hill House. Okay, okay. Then no, I have not seen it. Bitch. <laughs> Sorry. All right, all right, it's okay. Yeah, forgive me. Anyways, it it was fucking scary. It gave me nightmares. Like I literally, as a kid, I had to stay up. Yeah. I stayed up all night because I was fucking scared of it. Like that's oh how bad God. it was. So a uh, gurneys, abandoned operating tables, tons of doctor shit. It all gives me the fucking creeps. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of asylums and psychiatric hospitals around the world that are a hundred percent haunted as fuck. So. On today's episode, join Lindsay and I as we discuss some of the most haunted and most interesting asylums and haunted hospitals. God damn it! And I know you're gonna do it. You know what happens almost every time. Damn it, I still fucking. God damn it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to. Ghost on my ass. ass! I love it. My name is Sarah. And my name is Lindsay. And I'm Hawaii. Sarah Catherine's in the background. Yes. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so this week's episode is a real fucking doozy. <laughs> Has to do with asylums, fucking crazy people, mental wards, psychiatric hospitals. I mean, we're gonna get all up in there. That is my future, I'm just saying. That's true. I'm on the way over there. You want some beer salt? Yes. Okay. I got you, boo. Anyways, so we've had a couple beers. Uh, it's been like the first night that we've seen each other in a good minute. I know. And I miss this bitch. Like two weeks. It's, it's been, been two weeks. It's been right? a long time. Yeah. I miss this bitch I so much. So I thought I would hit her up with some insane asylums. Just yeah. to spice things up a little bit. So let's start off with the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Never heard of it? That's a tongue twister. Yeah, it is. Trans-Allegheny? Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Located in Weston, West Virginia, the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic, Lunatic Asylum, formerly known as the Weston State Hospital, operated from 1864 to 1994 by the state of West Virginia. Wow. Beep, beep, beep. Beep, the hotel was designed with Gothic Revival and Tudor Revival styles by Baltimore ar architect Richard Snowden Andrews. The hospital had been constructed with the plan of following Donald Kirkbride's Foundation for Mental Health. 
Kirkbride emphasized the importance of light and fresh air, suggesting that asylums be built with long hallways uh, with 12-foot ceilings, plenty of windows, and ventilation that allowed for cross breezes. Kirkbride also emphasized freedom. Mental patients, he felt, should be allowed to roam as much as possible and find stimulation for their minds. They would behave better, not worse, if given more control over their own lives. Wow, this guy sounds amazing. He truly mm. cares about his pa- patients. Uh, this sounds way too good to be true. That uh, don't sound right. Especially not back then. Yeah. So, on the grounds, there includes a working farm, a dairy farm, waterworks, gas well, and a cemetery. It was a self-sufficient, state-of-the-art facility designed, designed to make patients feel at home, well cared for, and restored. Then 1881 struck and everything turned to absolute shit. Mental health diagnosis increased as well as the stigma that came with them. Mm -hmm. Back then, people with mental health problems were shunned and just thrown away so that no one would have to handle them. The hospital ended up taking on 500 more souls than it was supposed to, and the facilities were overrun. There was simply not enough staff to help the patients, so conditions began to decline dramatically. Patients were crammed together, and because there were so many, they began to experience malnutrition, which worsened their mental health issues. In 1938, Trans-Allegheny was then six times over capacity. Six times. Dude, well, okay, a lot of those people in there didn't even have mental, actual mental health issues. It weren't there people that were able to tell them, hey, this person is... Yeah, husbands can, can bring hung, husbands can bring their wives saying that their wives are crazy because crazy. they don't want to like Do cook them anymore. Yeah, because yeah, because they don't want to like cook or clean or whatever. They're like, oh no, there's something re- yeah. mentally wrong with them, so they would bring them over there. So it was six times over capacity, and at its peak in the 1950s, was more than ten times the number it was intended to house, which was about 2,600. Yeah, so. Having 2,600 patients in a hospital that was originally built to only house 250, I'm guessing the patients probably weren't taken care of the way that they should have been. Oh, no. And that's when the Charleston Gazette comes in. They heard what was going on at Trans-Allegheny, and they were going to do whatever they could to expose them. They had a team going undercover, and what they saw shocked the absolute hell out of them, dude. It was a fucking shit show patients were sleeping on the floor and in rooms with no furniture and no heat there was overworked staff sanitation was sorry but for the lack of better words shit yeah the wallpaper was peeling off the walls from decay and what wallpaper hadn't disintegrated on its own the patients tore it off in panic oh man the patients though man they were way worse off the patients that the orderlies had deemed unable to be controlled had been locked in cages in open spaces so that more space could be available for more, less worrisome patients. So they were put in cages like goddamn animals. Like, go to your kennel. Yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. Jeez. What's even more fucked up, though, is that Trans-Allegheny was the training ground for experimental lobotomies. Do you know what a lobotomy is? Lobotomy, is that where you fuck with the insides of humans and shit? Um, technically, yeah. It's like in the brain. Oh. It's in the brain, though. I'm thinking of phlebotomy. Phlebotomist? 
A phlebotomist. No, phlebotomist. Oh, does the blood, you please, bitch. Phlebotomist, I don't. Do not put that in there. Bitch, please do not put that in there. Please. This is staying in. No. Please. Okay, 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 okay. I'll get rid of it. Okay. Oh my god, I was dead serious. I was dead. Sarah, Sarah's just like bitch. I knew as soon as you said that, I was like, oh wait, phlebotomist. That's why I made this gesture. Like, oh my god, I feel like a dumb bitch. It's okay. I love you. Okay, lobotomy. Okay. So, lo- the lobotomies were conducted by a Dr. Walter Freeman. <laughs> I love you so much. I love you so much. So, Dr. Freeman, he performed over 4,000 lobotomies, leaving sometimes perfectly healthy patients with lasting physical and cognitive damage. So, here's one of his fun lobotomy methods. They call this one the ice pick. And oh! For, and for good reason. The ice pick method includes slipping a thin pointed rod, like an ice pick, into the patient's eye socket and using a hammer to force it to like sever... Two to, two to three centimeters in or some shit. To sever the cognit- uh, connective tissue in the brain's prefrontal cortex, which resulted in a number of deaths. They put that motherfucker in there and cut, cut, cut. That's on um American Horror Story right now. Ratchet. That's not American Horror that. Story. He that's does. Ratchet. Ratchet, but Ratchet on American Horror Story. No. Wait, that's not American Horror Story. No, it's just because I it has. It was. No, it's just because it has it Sarah Paulson on it. Like yeah, it looks very Whoa, similar. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that. I thought that was another season of it. No, no, no. It's well, Ratchet, different. the doctor, he's he performing does work because lesbianism and uh people can't focus they're like they're not focusing right or they have just one guy had alzheimer's yeah and they he's trying to cure it and he's saying that this is a way to go and so he does it and it just leaves people Dude, like oh, watching oh, that oh. watching that scene though was like intense that's oh. crazy yeah that's pretty intense but yeah so that's that's what they did to you know to do a lobotomy so Although the, the Gazette brought the terrible conditions of the asylum to light, Trans-Allegheny wasn't closed until 1994. In 2007, the asylum was bought, and now all who roam those decrepit hallways are ghost hunters and ghosts. So, there was a couple of murders in the hospital, as you would imagine, after letting like 2,600 people into an asylum. Um, a lot of people weren't looked after. So being stuck in a hospital overfilled with patients who have lost their goddamn mind, there's no way there weren't any murders that shouldn't have happened. With the patient population overpowering the staff, freedom was way too free. So this is one way somebody had gotten murdered, and this is really fucked up. In a room toward the back of one wing, an inmate had been murdered by two others. When an attempt to hang him failed... The men placed his head under a bed frame and jumped on it until the bed frame touched the floor. Mm. Other patients were also murdered by their peers, aggravated by situations where mental illness, overcrowding, and poor care became a lethal combination. Imagine. Sad. That's really so sad. sad. And supposedly that guy who like got killed by the bed frame, he was like a kid. Like he had a mind of a kid. Mm. Yeah. So he didn't understand what was going on. 
So a few ghosts are known to the staff, including Lily, who supposedly died during the Civil War era at the age of nine, when the hospital considered the Weston State Hospital. She is known for her laughter and interest in playing games, and some reports of balls rolling on their own near her room suggest she has an active part of the asylum community. Dean, the patient who met his unfortunate demise at the wrong end of a bed frame, has been known to spend time in the room where he died. Guests and visitors say ghosts have revealed themselves in a number of ways, including slamming doors, screaming, and appearing as lights or orbs. So, when I was looking up for experiences for the Trans-Allegheny, searching for experiences, um, and I thankfully found the TripAdvisor. Of course, TripAdvisor is always a gold mine for shit like this. So this comes from Dark Angel 33's (laughs) creepy experience with the ghosts. I grew up literally five minutes away from the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum when it was actually still operating, and being a kid then, it was always scary. 20 years later, my friends and I decided to go ahead and do a ghost tour at night. The most terrifying thing I have ever experienced in my life. I went there quite a skeptic, but tried my best to keep an open mind. We took an EVP, thermal digital recorder, flashlights, and a digital audio recorder, and a camera, of course. I highly recommend recommend taking all above, minus the thermal. EVP does the same thing. We got a lot of activity from Jack in the kitchen. Lily lit our EVP up for us, and we heard some piano playing. Let me say, a lot of these sounds were heard on the recorder only. We did not hear them while, while there. It wasn't until I played them back that we could hear them. Creepy. Like the hotel. Yeah. The fourth floor is where we got our wish. We talked to a ghost through my flashlight. My flashlight. So it wasn't manipulated. I would have them turn it off and turn it back on. Then I asked to make them make it brighter and to make it dimmer, which it did. Sorry, mm-hmm. folks. I can't chalk that one up to coincidence. After we were done here, we were walking towards the other half of the wing where our guide told us about this woman ghost that came out of room 697 and how it scarred him. So we went to investigate and the doors were all opened, all the way to the point where they were touching the wall. We walked past one and I asked what door number it was where the woman appeared and my friend said 697. We were at 693. No sooner do I turn around to keep going, the door slams shut. Mm-mm. I mean, violently hard. Then it was locked. When we told the guide this, we went to check it out and couldn't get in either. They said, the only way to lock the door and unlock it is with a key, and none of them had one. I kept asking for a noise all night, and by God, I got it. Thank you, Dark Angel 33 for that amazing review and experience. Ooh. I would definitely go. I would definitely, definitely go. So, um, here's a Redditor experience. Looking for pictures on the internet, I came across a picture of a figure peering around a corner. The picture had been taken by Redditor user Goody G, the OP, which is original poster in Reddit language, captioned the picture with, visited the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum today and took a picture of what looks like someone peering over the corner at me. I was alone in the room at the time, and we were at the first tour since COVID shut them down, and I can't explain it. Many other users commented on having the same experience in the hospital. OP went on to say that the place where the photo was taken was also the lobotomy recovery room. So this was recent. 
Yes. Damn. Is the figure one of the lobotomy <clears throat> patients still haunting the room where they had lost their mind? Ooh. You want to see that real quick? Yeah. Dude, it is sketchy AF, bro. Ooh. Ew. Wait, is that supposed to be... That's the figure? Yeah. That's like a big-ass head. It looks like it has a sheet over its head or something. No, it don't. To me. It looks like a squid head. It like, does. See, see a little bit of a hair mm -hmm. right here? Ew, like an alien. That's creepy. That is still really, really creepy, though. That's the Transalleghenia. That's what it looked like. Damn. That's what it looks like now. And this is it. Look at how big That's it is. It's freaking huge. The place looks just haunted itself. And this is when it was the Western. Just imagine all the torture that was there, you Dude. know? Dude. Or have occurred. Back when it was the Western State Hospital in the very beginning. Ew, man. So that's the Trans-Allegheny. Trans so let's keep going. Okay. All right. So now we have the Waverly Hill Sanitarium. Okay. Ever heard of it? No. no. I, I haven't heard of any of them. No? No. Oh, man, dude. Are you in for a fucking thing? Okay. So this one's located in Louisville, Kentucky. The Waverly Hills Sanitarium was constructed in 1910, specifically for the tuberculosis outbreak that ravaged Jefferson County. Originally just a two-story hospital, the hospital soon grew. Due to the influx of patients, renovations and expansions began on the hospital in the 1920s, and the two-story hospital became a five-story hospital. Oh, Waverly Hills was a self-contained community. I feel like most asylums at this time were because, first off, there was, like, tuberculosis, there was all these, like, medical things that were happening that they just wanted to keep to themselves they didn't yeah. want the outside world to be a part of so it was a self-contained community a city in of itself complete with its own zip code it had its own Damn. post office water treatment facility grew its own fruits and vegetables raised its own meat for slaughter and maintained many of the other necessities of everyday life Everyone at Waverly, patients, nurses, doctors, and other employees had to say goodbye to everything they knew on the outside world once you went to Waverly Hills, you became a permanent resident. That was it. You were done. So, for, here's a fun fact. The hospital is set on 666 acres. Oh. And has 13 buildings. Why? That is not a coincidence. No. No. I don't know. So, the hospital also boasted having its own tunnel, which had been constructed to be the entrance and exit for the hospital staff. The tunnel is 500 feet and includes a set of stairs on one side and the other side is a type of chute. The Wikipedia claims that the chute was mainly for transportation of supplies and other necessities, but we all know that that wasn't the only thing the chute was transporting. The, uh -huh. the death rate of tuberculosis patients at the time was like one death per day. However, at the peak of the disease, the sight of the dead being carried away in full view of the patients lowered the patient morale increasing the number of deaths so they saw mm. these dead people and they were like oh fuck this sucks i'm gonna die so then they would die therefore the sanatorium trans tried transporting dead bodies as secretively as possible to increase the morale and lower the death rates mm. the doctors and workers of this time also believed that this would help to lower the disease spreading in the 1940s, tuberculosis was starting to get treated by a medicine that was actually helping, and the hospital was shut down. A year later, the hospital became Woodhaven Geriatrics Sanatorium, and there, 
have been many rumors and stories told about patient mistreatment and unusual experiments during the years that the building was used as an old age home. Some of them have been proven to be false, but others have unfortunately turned out to be true. There is electroshock therapy, which was considered to be highly effective in those days. It was widely used for a variety of ailments. Do you know what electric shock therapy is? Yeah, where they fucking, they fucking electrify you. Yeah. So budget cuts in the 1960s and 1970s led to both horrible conditions and patient mistreatments. And in 1982, the state closed the facilities for good. Don't people still use that method, though? No. No? I think that's out of date. I don't think you can do that anymore. That's yeah. That's wrong. The fact that people thought that that was even... But also, they stuck a fucking pick into your eye thinking yeah. that was going to help you. What was that? I don't know. What? You didn't hear that? I heard something. I heard what? I need a drink. You need another drink? By 2001, the once stately building had been nearly destroyed by time. The elements and the vandals who came here looking for a thrill. Waverly Hills had become the local haunted house and became a magnet for the homeless, looking for shelter and teenagers who broke in looking for ghosts. The hospital soon gained a reputation for being haunted and stories began to circulate of resonant ghosts like the little girl who was seen running up and down the third floor solarium. Solarium? The little boy who was spotted with a leather, leather ball. The hearse that appeared in the back of the building dropping off coffins. The woman with the bleeding wrist who cried for help and others. Visitors told of slamming doors, lights in the windows as if the power was still running through the building. Strange sounds and eerie footsteps in empty rooms. Other legends told of a man in a white coat who was seen walking in the kitchen and the smell of cooking food that sometimes wafted through the room. That sounds really good though, actually. If we had a ghost who was, like, not just, like, fucking opening and closing doors and was actually, like, doing shit that would, like, help us, like, cooking food, doing my dishes, possibly doing my laundry, fuck. Oh, my God. Okay, I know this is fucking off subject. Not really. No, what? This girl, this woman called. Mm -hmm. She lives at blah, blah, blah street. Okay, she's saying that she thinks somebody has access to her house because she is finding stuff out of its place. She's finding the door, the back door, wide open. She's finding her dishes will be dirty and it will be a lot of dishes. And they'll be in the sink. Nobody's washed them. She'll come back. They're all done. And I'm like, what? And I wanted to tell her, uh, are you sure you don't have a ghost in your house? But, you know, I can't tell people that. So I sent an officer. And they're doing the, I guess, investigating. I don't fucking know, but... She's just saying, like... Whatever the fuck officers do. She yeah. said she has a business. She has... Out of everything, one thing has been stolen or taken. She cannot find it. And it's a $4 shirt. She can't find it. She's just finding things out of the ordinary that shouldn't How old be. Is she? This is an older woman with kids and everything. How old? Like, like old? No, probably in her 30s, 40s. Oh. That's not an older woman, bitch. I'm almost say, in my thirties. I'm in my. I'm. I feel like I'm an older woman. I'm fucking twenty eight. I'm twenty eight, bitch. I feel like we're old, bitch. Yeah. She just says. I don't like, even know slang she anymore. She has dementia and she does the dishes, but then she forgets, and so she had to call nine one one. 
girl. No, she was like mama. saying like uh, just some crazy stuff. I wrote a whole thing. Why is she I'm mad like, about it though? Honestly, she was like I don't know. I think somebody's just if coming into my home, house. Whoop. Damn, swallow the <laughs> mic, why don't you? <laughs> if I came home and our fucking dishes were done. God bless them, man. Thank you. Help and yourself to some snacks. Some snackies. <laughs> I got some sparkling waters in the fridge. <laughs> Go ahead, Flobo. Right? So, I don't know. I thought that was very weird. And I even told him, I was like, dude, I think she might be crazy. Or I think she might have ghosts in her house. And he was like, well, let me go find out. You so. know who called me out one day? Who? And was like, hey, Sarah, we got a haunted house for you. Oh, Ooh. Johnny Mac. <laughs> No, really? Yeah, he did. Where? In Victoria? No, here in Yoakum. Where? Where is it? I won't give you the address because we ain't gonna get specifics. But it's in an area of town where we go to quite often. Why can't you just edit that out? She doesn't like to skim through. Hold on. Be quiet for a second. That's where it was. Okay. Yeah, that's where it was. Yeah, he told me about it. He called me up and he was like, Hey, Sarah. Yeah, and he was, or maybe it was Davis. I don't know, one of those, but they were like, that area is haunted anyways. Like, I've seen some crazy, freaking Frank had told me that he sees stuff and he's like, like, he'll see stuff out on the streets and then he'll look and it's not there anymore. Like, it's called, it's dark and you see shit. But that doesn't mean that it's fucking haunted. There's some haunted ass people. I mean, haunted ass houses on that street. So, uh, he's cooking food. You're smelling it in the room. So, the kitchen was a disaster. I run, I ruined a broken windows, fallen plaster, broken tables and chairs and puddles of water and debris. That resulted from a leaking roof. The cafeteria had not fared much better. Even so, a number of people have reported footsteps in the room, a door swinging shut under its own power, and the smell of fresh fresh baked bread in the air. Love that. Perhaps the greatest and most controversial legend of the Waverly Hills was connected to the fifth floor of the building. This floor of the old hospital room or old hospital consisted of two nurses stations, a pantry, a linen room, medicine room, and two medium-sized rooms on both sides of the two nurses stations. One of these rooms, uh, room 502, was the subject of many rumors and legends, and just about every curiosity seeker that had broken into Waverly Hills over the years wanted to see it. This is where, according to the stories, people have seen shapes moving in the windows, have heard disembodied voices, and if the legends are to be believed, have even jumped to their deaths. Yeah. According to the stories, a nurse was found dead in room 502 in 1928. She had committed suicide by hanging herself from the light fixture. She was only 29 years old at the time of her death. She was like one year older than us. That's sad, man. That's really sad. She was unmarried and she was pregnant. <gasps> yeah. No. Her depression over the situation led her to take her own life. Just imagine, like, that's not the kind of shit that we, like, kill ourselves for. You know, but back then it was so fucking bad. If you were ma- unmarried and had a fucking baby, you might as well just give up your whole goddamn Everybody life. Everybody disowned, yeah. Everybody disowned you. No one would talk to you. You might as well just go kill yourself. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, so it's unknown how long she may have been hanging in the room before her body was discovered. 
and this would not be the only tragedy to occur with a connection to room 502. In 1932, another nurse who worked in the same room jumped from the roof patio and plunged several stories to her death. No one seems to know why she would have done this, but many have speculated that she may have actually been pushed over the edge. There are no records to indicate this, but rumors continue to persist. There are a ton of rumors going around that the Waverly Hills Sanatorium had been used as a psychiatric hospital, but that is not the case. The Waverly Hills Sanatorium was strictly to treat patients who were fighting tuberculosis disease and nothing more. There is no denying that there were a lot of deaths that took place within those walls, a lot of souls lost, and a lot of souls that are not at rest. Uh, Waverly Hills Sanatorium is currently still running for tours. Would you dare enter? I would. I remember specifically, I remember Ghost Hunters or Ghost Adventures did, um, did like one of their little ghost tours or whatever there. Mm-hmm. And they saw some shit. Really? Yes. They saw some shit. But I don't know. Sometimes you can't believe them because they're kind of full of shit at the same time. <laughs> Whoa. Sometimes you just, like, watch their stuff and you're like, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah. You're so dumb. All right. So, this is what it looked like. Look at that. Ooh. Ooh pretty nice. This is somewhat of it. This is the inside now. That's what it looks like now. That's the body shoot. Ooh. You hear a lot of strange shit in that tunnel. Fuck that. Imagine that's the Ooh, end of the body God shoot. Damn. Imagine being in there by yourself. Mm-mm. I would do it. For 15. You were fucking lying. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Not pitch black. Not pitch black. Then you're not a G. I'm not a G. <laughs> I never said I am. Oh, so this is a little, supposedly a little picture of a... Um, a person or something. This doesn't look like Wait, anything. Wait, okay, where and do they go from this? that to that? I know, I don't know. I don't see shit over here either. And they were like, oh, look, this is a figure. No, that doesn't look like shit. It looks like a piece of fucking... It's just a photo. I don't know. Mm, it doesn't really look like anything. And this one... Have you ever heard of pareidola? No. Which means, like, you see something and you just kind of see a face, but it's not necessarily a face there. Yeah. It just looks like a face. Hey, you know what that's I actually have gone through that. What? Do you know what that's move on to <laughs> you fucking asshole <laughs> baby that's so smart you're so oh, smart my love anyways um let's move on to the gongeim bitch i'm gonna fucking kill this Wait. one the gongeim psychiatric hospital gongeim <laughs> dude honestly it might be <laughs> so this hospital is pretty new to me i never heard of it uh but what information i did find in this hospital it's like one of the three most famous haunted hospitals in South Korea. And Oh yeah, that I am right. Gwaniam. 
know. That's Fuck. fucked up. <laughs> so it's located in the small town, uh, small town called Guangzhou, just south of Seoul. The decrepit building is the subject of many ghost stories, urban legends, and rumors. The hospital was erupted closed in the early 1990s. No one knows why, but obviously there are ton of tons of rumors roaming around about the reason. Many stories say that a psychiatrist who was mentally ill himself conducted abusive experiments on his patients. When this was discovered by South Korean authorities, he allegedly closed the hospital and fled to the U.S. Another popular story is that there was a rash of mysterious patient deaths that forced the hospital to close. Many people have surmised that these deaths were caused by the ghosts of former patients who had come back to avenge themselves. Which kind of gives me yeah. the vibes of the Akigahara suicide force. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you gotta say that. Gonyam. 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 Psychiatric hospital. Was home to patients suffering <laughs> from illnesses like schizophrenia and personality dis- disorders. Many of these per- patients experience suicidal or homicidal impulses. Visitors to the hospital often report eerie feelings while walking across the grounds. So, for years, there have been reports of ghosts following visitors throughout the building and even getting in the car with them afterwards. Professional-grade equipment have been picked up strong indicators of ghosts on the grounds. Reports of doors of the room and in the hallways opening and closing on their own, along with voices and steps heard on the ground floor of the hospital. Visible scratches in the walls, sightings of shadows and figures, along with writings on the wall by its previous visitors. There are so many stories out there trying to conclude why the hospital had been closed so abruptly, so here are a few. Mm -hmm. Like I said, um, this one always revolves around the hospital director. The story goes that the hospital director committed suicide because he was possessed by a ghost. The owner of the hospital then escaped abroad after, and the suicide of of the director. The hospital finances then deteriorated. Hospital staff left the patients in the hospital to their own devices, causing the patients to die alone, held up in the hospital by themselves. Damn. So, there's a haunted room called Room 206. Another story says that the doctor of the hospital was addicted to drugs. He harassed patients and hung them in Room 206 to die. People say that all the doors in the hospital are open, all except room 206 because the ghosts are blocking the door. Huh. So in 2018, because of the popularity popularity of the (laughs) Gongyaim hospital caused by YouTubers, a horror film was released called Gongyaim Haunted Asylum. It was 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I really don't know what the fuck that means, but reading the comments, it seems like it was a pretty creepy and entertaining horror movie and You can find it on Amazon Prime. (laughs) So, as awesome and spooky as everything sounds, there is a realistic theory for why the hospital had closed down. The hospital closed in the late 1990s, which some have speculated was caused by the economic downturn of the year, unhygienic conditions, and poor financing at the hospital. I'm thinking due to the pride of the doctor and how important name and reputation is in Asian cultures, He probably split town because he was thinking, fuck this, I'm never going to be able to save my name, so why the hell not run away to the U.S.? You know? Because, like, it it really is a big thing in Asian culture is, like, your name, who you are, how you come off. Yeah. 
That's why. That's why there's so many like fucking suicides there because you know just one little mix up and you're just like fucks. So in May of 2018, the Gondjiam Psychiatric Hospital was demolished, leaving the ghosts who haunted the hallways to be homeless. And that's it. Wow. Yeah, I don't have any pictures for that one. All right. So I think this was like probably the last one. That was the last one? No. This one coming up is the last one. I oh, think. okay. Ooh, no, it's not. But the last yeah. one is a really good one, though. Ooh, bitch. Oh, yeah, this is Wait, what is the this timing is called, on this, this is called Haunted Asylums. This is the one that has all the Haunted Asylums I have. All right, so now we're moving on to the Rolling Hills Asylum. Wait. <laughs> you want to go? You hungry? I got something you can eat. My pussy! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, why would you say kidding. that? Sorry. <laughs> hey, there's some butter chicken. <laughs> some butter chicken? Anyways, okay, so the Rolling Hills Asylum is located in East Bethany, New York. It was built in 1827, but it didn't start off as Rolling Hills Asylum. It first was called the Genesee County Poor Farm, because I know you're going to ask Lindsay Ann. The definition of a poor farm is a government run, usually by a county or a municipality facility to support and provide housing for the dependent or needy, which included orphan children, families, destitute elders, which means elderly people who can't take care of themselves physically handicapped mentally unstable morally corrupt and even criminals so the following are eligible for assistance habitual drunkards adios Lindsay. (laughs) drunkards what the heck (laughs) lunatics who by disease grief or accident lost the use of reason or from old age sickness or weakness was so weak of mine as to be incapable of governing or managing their own affairs. Um, Poppers, which are a person with no means of income. State poppers who are blind, lame, old, or disabled with no income. Or a vagrant, a homeless person. So basically you lived here because you had nowhere else to go or you were too old or, or physically or mentally could not take care of yourself. If you could work, they'd make you work. People basically would live here until the end of their lives. The county would bury those who had no family and records indicate there actually had a cemetery on the property. Um, There are over 1,700 undocumented deaths and hundreds not recorded. The Genesee County Poor Farm added the Genesee County Infirmary in 1938 and soon after was called Rolling Hills Asylum. Did you know that they were considered poor farms or poor houses as asylums? No. Yeah. So asylums weren't necessarily for, like, the crazy. It was, like, they just housed everybody. Yeah. What the heck? So, in 1964, Rolling Hills became the uh, Genesee County Nursing Home. But 10 years later, in 1974, they were closed due to code issues. So, not much information can be found on the Rolling Hills Asylum history. Um, I guess there wasn't much going on there besides just being a poor farm. But the Rolling Hills Asylum was considered one of the most haunted in America. It was like second second most haunted America site and the top four worldwide. So, what kind of hauntings are we talking about here? 
a plethora of supernatural activity have been reported at the asylum, asylum, including disembodied voices, doors slamming, footsteps, and full-body apparitions. There are stories of shadow people, ghostly touches, and numerous EVP recordings. So there is Hattie's room. So on the first floor of the East Wing, current owner Sharon Coyle says she left a tape recorder running in the room and caught a distinct voice of an elderly woman calling out, Hello? She believes it to be the voice of a former patient of the nursing home who was blind and used to call out hello to get attention from the nurses. Sharon played the EVP for a former employee who was shocked to hear Hattie's voice again. So that was legit. That was legit. Okay, so this one's good. This one's good. Okay. So Roy's room. Uh, Roy Krause is a seven foot tall quote unquote shadow man and everybody's favorite apparition at the Rolling Hills Asylum. Roy probably had gigantism caused by a tumor in the pituitary glands which messes with the growth hormones. Roy was the son of a prominent banker and his physical appearance was seen as an embarrassment to his family. At age 12, Roy was dropped off at the Genesee County home. He lived out his life here and died in 1942, almost seven and a half feet tall at the age of 52. Jeez. Roy liked opera music and was generally kind. Today, his hulking shadow is still witnessed by visitors who report seeing him lurking throughout the building. Sharon tells a story about running into a rat at the infirmary about two months after moving into Rolling Hills. Terrified by it, she screamed and ran away. The very next day, she found the rat dead on the stairs, blood oozing from its mouth as if its neck had been broken. On the wall above the rat was a giant, bloody handprint. Sharon believes that the ghost of Roy witnessed her distress and killed the rat for her. Dude, imagine a ghost being able to kill like an actual living thing. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. So there's Nurse Emmy. In the infirmary wing, there was a nurse known for her cruelty, Emmy Altworth, better known as Nurse Emmy. Was her hatred or her hated and feared by staff and inmates? Rumors circulated that Nurse Emmy was involved in the dark arts and was performing black and satanic rituals. Ooh. So, second floor East Wing. And the old men's dormitory is a corridor referred to as the Shadow Holloway. Sharon says this is where we see a lot of shadow people. When you look down, toward the infirmary section you start to see the shadow people and they could look like you and i solid they can be light gray medium gray dark gray or pitch black they could be normal human shaped or anamorphous which means lacking a clear or definite form they come in and out of doorways walk across the hall sometimes they'll poke an arm or leg out sometimes they'll crawl on the floor and that can be creepy, especially if you're sitting on the floor during an investigation and one is coming at you. Because you can actually see the shadow moving towards you. That's scary, man. So, there's the morgue. Next to the embalming table, there are two large walk-in refrigerators with large, heavy latching doors. Their original purpose was for cold storage for human corpses. The morgue is filled with supernatural activities such as ghostly voices and things being moved about by unseen forces. People have been shoved and knocked off their feet here. 
This place is 100% creepy, uh, and it's filled with creepy shit, and it's probably one of the most notorious haunted asylums on my list tonight. They give out paranormal ghost hunts pretty much all the time, but it is like 50 other people, so I don't know what kind of experiences you could have. Yeah, so I read like the reviews of like their ghost hunts or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's just like 50 people, and I really don't know how much fun that would be. Yeah. All right, so you ready? Let's take a swig of a swig of drink. Ready? Cheers. Cheers. All right, dude, I saved the best for last. Okay. Because this one's fucking. Wait, this one? Yeah. Okay. This is the last uh, last uh, asylum we have on today's Ooh. agenda. Penhurst Asylum. So last, but certainly not least. Okay. <laughs> Penhurst Asylum, or originally called the Eastern Pennsylvania State Institution for the Female-Minded and Epileptic. That's a total fucking mouthful. So, located in Spring City, Pennsylvania, and opened in 1908, Penhurst housed about 10,000 patients at any given time. Controversy littered the hallways of Penhurst, and the facility was often accused of dehumanization. It was reported that the facility provided no help for the mentally challenged. This is actually a quote from the Penhurst chief physician, Henry H. Goddard, a leading eugenicist, which here's a quick definition of eugenics, which is the practice or advocacy of improving the human species by selectively mating people with specific desirable hereditary traits. It aims to reduce human suffering by breeding out disease, disabilities, and so-called undesirable characteristics from the human population. What? Yeah. So, Mr. Goddard goes on to say, Every feeble-minded person is a potential criminal. The general public, although more convinced today than ever before that it is a good thing to segregate the idiot or the distinct imbecile, they have not yet as seen been convinced as to the proper treatment of the defective delinquent, which is the brighter and more dangerous individual. So, basically... Um, any kind of person who has some kind of mental health problem is an imbecile and is a criminal and a delinquent in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, this dude was fucked up. So in 1968, an NBC news crew went in and exposed the hospital for what it really was in a five-part episode. In 1941, a Time Magazine article described the place as having a history of being understaffed, dirty, and violent. God damn it. (laughs) Images of full-grown hands and feet bound by straps to adult-sized crib beds. Crib beds, Lindsay. Fuck. All right. So inmates of the institution were shown rocking and pacing and twitching. Many were severely disabled, either mentally or physically, but others were quite lucid and coherent but withdrawn into themselves because of overstimulation of the senses in the loud and sometimes frightening place. One patient had been asked by the interviewer what he would like most in the world if he could have anything he wanted. The sad and withdrawn reply was simply to get out of Pinhurst. Oh, man. Damn it. So one of the hospital's physicians was a man by the name of Dr. Jesse G. Fear. Yes, his name was actually Dr. Fucking Fear. 
And he had been recorded on this episode describing how he dealt with a particularly vicious bully who had brutalized one of his other inmates. He described how he had asked one of his colleagues which injection he could use to cause the most discomfort to a patient without permanently injuring them. Then he proceeded to administer an injection to the bully. Yeah. Fucking twisted. So this place needed to burn to the fucking ground because of this fucking doctor. Um, in 1983, nine employees were indicted on charges ranging from slapping and beating patients, including some in wheelchairs, to arranging for patients to assault each other like a little fucking fight club. Oh my god. Yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> I would. Okay, I know that's fucked up, but I would like to see that shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. The one rule about the Penhurst Fight Club you don't, don't talk, talk about, about it. <laughs> Oh, shit. I'm sorry, R.I.P. I'm sorry, if you R.I.P. So then came the Halderman case, which is the case that actually got Penhurst shut down, and officially they were shut down forever. So today the old abandoned Penhurst Asylum is now a haunted house attraction. Some people feel like turning the building into a horror attraction is incredibly disrespectful to those who suffered behind those walls. What do you think? Shit. That's crazy, man. Yeah. So... Through the pain and torment that occurred in Penhurst, obviously it has some paranormal activity. The owner, Timothy Smith, who also operates the asylum as a haunted house, is the president and co- and CEO of the Penhurst Paranormal Association. So the Quaker building, so these are some of the areas of the, mm-hmm. of, of the haunts. So the Quaker building. Numerous shadows manifest and dissipate at will. These shadows include what appeared to be a small female child with long black hair a hunched over presence with a long dangling arms and the upper portion of bodies looking over or around obstacles doors in a rocking chair have moved without anyone being around them a paranormal investigator was shoved from behind hard enough on a stairway to leave a dark red mark on the small of their back another investigator was scratched on the arm by an unknown object when they were not by anything or close to any walls the objects being propelled in the basement, such as a pry bar, some sort of brass fixture, and various other unknown objects. Multiple EVPs, which are electronic voice phenomenons, as well as EMS spikes, or throughout the building when there is no electricity supplied to any building there. One psychic medium had felt multiple energies there, including either a demonic force or a past life that wasn't a very nice person. The Limerick Building. The apparition of a woman in an old-style nurse's uniform was observed by a firefighter, a police officer, and a marine, as well as multiple EVPs, were captured. So the Devon Building is known for EVPs and unknown sounds. Mayflower Building is known for shadow people uh, that have been seen multiple times, EVPs captured, and investigators have been touched in this building. Mm-hmm. The Tenecum Building, I mean, there's multiple buildings yeah. here, yeah. So, they have multiple EVPs, investigators have been touched, Uh, the Philadelphia building, loud sounds and voices heard coming from the building. When investigators surrounded the building and entered it via the tunnel system, no one was in the building, nor could they have fled without being observed. The administration building, multiple voices heard at various times and EVPs caught what sounds like a toilet flushing. Mm -hmm. This building has no running water or bathroom fixtures, so talk about some phantom poops. Oh, man. <laughs> Phantom boops. <laughs> so the Hershey building. 
Uh, the investigators have heard a female's, female child's voice on the third floor. So, in conclusion of everything, after researching all these asylums and psychiatric hospitals, I think I may have a very good reason to be afraid of these places. Pain, uh, lobotomies, my conclusion is Dr. Fear can go fuck himself. That's freaking horrible what he did, man. Dude, he was the worst. I have never heard anyone do anything like that. That's I mean, sad. he really did not give a fuck. He didn't. He didn't yeah, care. He, he didn't, didn't care one shit. one bit, one minute about these people. So damn. Yeah, that's intense. Intense. I, that's the one thing that freaks me out about mental hospitals is just knowing all the pain, all the pain and suffering people gone through in there, and like the lingering that, shit that it could leave behind, and all the shit. Like, okay, you know how they say portals or not portals or something can manifest into like okay say me and my ex we like had a toxic relationship you think something could have manifested to like make it even worse and like just something formed from that hate from like the evil energy all the energy bad energy so just imagine how much bad energy is in those freaking hospitals how much pain people have gone through that's fucking terrifying so I'm sure everything that was said or people have even talked about is definitely real. That's freaking scary, man. I think that Penhurst one, I think, uh, like, there's so many buildings that have so many, like, occurrences, paranormal experiences that have been experienced by investigators. I think that it's just, it's crazy to think that, uh, I don't know. That's sad. It's just—it's very sad. These poor people went through so much. Yeah. Um, back in the day when they weren't understood, back in the day when they uh, were just considered just crazy, psychotic, insane people who, I guess, in these people's mind and like regular quote unquote people's minds, they were like, they don't deserve to live a normal mm-hmm. life like we do, and they were just shoved in these asylums, these psychiatric hospitals to just live out their days like you know just dealing with how they were i mean I just they were just outcasted and just like fucking they were trash they were just like here i'm not gonna deal with them anymore because i do believe a lot of those people were not fucking even supposed to be in that place in those places well no because back in the day i mean like i said like we were talking about like in order to be taken to asylum like you didn't have to just be like actually schizophrenic by the way, they didn't know what schizophrenia was 100% of the time. Yeah. You know, like, they they were still, like, trying to figure out how the human brain worked, what psychology was, and everything like that. They took people there when they were, like, on their period. When women were on their period, yeah, they took them there for that. You know, you're homosexual, you're gay. By the way, homosexuality was not outlawed until, like, like the 1980s or 1970s. But, like, they literally thought that you were insane and you had a mental health problem because you were homosexual. Yeah. Um, women who were, you know, just not cleaning or not doing what their husband wanted them to do. If you were a drunkard, if you were homeless, you know, like, there are so many reasons for why they would just throw you in these places, lock you away, and, like, throw away the key. You know? I don't know. Damn, man. It's it crazy a, how times have changed, how, uh, how 
how much times have changed. That was a crazy fucking time. Yeah. It was a crazy fucking time. So anyway, so I hope you guys enjoyed our haunted asylums uh, or haunted psychiatric hospital uh, episode. Uh, we love you guys. We appreciate y'all listening to us. Yes. Uh, please uh, send us in your comments, concerns, questions, ideas for what other things we could be talking about at ghost. That's g h o s t dot d e m y a s s at gmail dot com. Please give us a holler. Let us know what's up. And thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. We just love talking about this yeah. weird shit. And yeah. um, so yeah. So thank you guys. All right. All right. We'll see you next episode. Spook you later. <laughs> <laughs> no, you couldn't do it. Oh damn! That really fucking. <laughs> like, you're, you're too drunk. <laughs> yeah. Damn it! She's too drunk. God dang it. Wait. Can I get a phone? Yeah.